this summer. Your local movie theater will become a tent revival for proclaiming Jesus. And you're invited to be a part of this unique evangelistic campaign. Join with believers nationwide for the Million Souls campaign to bring unsaved family and friends to watch the powerful new movie, The Firing Squad, starring Kevin Sorbo and Cuba Gooding Jr. The Firing Squad tells the incredible true story about prisoners who find faith in the face of execution and transform their prison in the process. As the movie ends, co-star Kevin Sorbo comes on the screen to lead the entire theater in a prayer to commit one's life to Jesus Christ, providing an on-site opportunity to introduce family and friends to the message of Jesus. Go to FiringSquadFilm.com and learn how you can receive free tickets and more to the Firing Squad and participate in this unique theater event. Bring your friends and your family and bring your faith. That's FiringSquadFilm.com to learn more. Let me tell you about Rough Greens. Uh, Rough Greens will uh, help your dog lead a healthy and happy life um, and a longer life. Uh, Stu is uh, out. He's just taking his kids to school this morning. He'll be out. He'll be back in a little while. But uh, President Miles passed away uh, last night. So our hearts go out to him. You're, you know, your dog is family. And uh, it's so hard. It is so hard when you lose an animal. Um, help them live a longer and happier life. Put rough greens on their food. If they're eating kibble food, I've seen a huge difference in uh, Uno. And Stu had seen a huge difference in uh, President Miles, who lived way beyond what he should have lived. But uh, our thoughts are with the uh, Stu family today. Uh, roughgreens.com r-u-f-f-greens.com slash beck call them now roughgreens.com slash beck they care about your dog like you care about your dog Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. There is a new poll out from the Wall Street Journal that shows that Americans may be losing what America is really all about. Asked which uh, which uh, characterizations do we have? Which uh, which values are important for the American character? I was a little surprised by that. And an update on where we are today, beginning in 60 seconds. Millions of Americans had the quality of life dramatically changed by pain. I've met members of the audience who have lived with pain for years and years. Their stories are amazing when they start taking relief factor. Now, most of these, most of these people 
have turned to Relief Factor and found themselves missing the ability of just enjoying taking a walk, you know, shoot around a golf now and then. Some miss playing with their kids or their grandkids. Bunch of different stories, but we're all the same. We want to get out of pain. Try the three-week quick start, only $19.95, now from Relief Factor. It's a trial pack, not a drug, and developed by doctors. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and about 70% of them go on to order more. So try Relief Factor now. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com or call 1-800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF. 1-800-4-RELIEF. ReliefFactor.com. Well, let me... Let me start with this from the from the Wall Street Journal. The American character. Who are we? What are our values? What is really important? What is not important? For American values. The number one value that people say is important for the American character is hard work. Number two, self-fulfillment. Number three, money. I've never thought of money as a character trait. Tolerance for others. Is tied with money. Then we go to 80% say community involvement. After that, we're at 73%. Patriotism is important, very important. Marriage is next with 70%. Have you noticed we... We don't have character here anymore. Marriage is at 70%. Then you hit 65%, and that's having children. Belief in God is just under that, and religion is last. Those are the values that... People say that we have to have to be American. What are the important things? Let me give you a rundown of, of where we are today. Today, we're facing the greatest financial and banking crisis since 2008, perhaps since the Great Depression, even perhaps bigger than the Great Depression. We're only in wave one. Will Wave 2 kick off this week? I don't know. But are you prepared? Do you have cash on hand? Just to get you through any kind of bank closures. Do you have anything that's worth anything beyond cash? Do you own your own house? Do you have food? Gold or silver? Largest war in Europe since World War II in its second year now. It's not going to stop. There is ammunition shortage going on now. But it won't stop. It'll just change shape. 
Russia's all in, and I don't mean just Putin. Recent poll from the University of Moscow shows 81% support for the war. 81% support for the war. Do you believe the polls? I don't know. By the way, the Vietnam War never got above 75% support in the U.S. Putin has just moved nuclear missiles to Belarus. Now, you might want to dismiss that because, okay, he's not going to, he's moving ICBMs. He's not going to use ICBMs. No, no. They're moving tactical nukes. This is not a good sign. He also moved nearly 1,500 ICBMs to battle ready status, according to some reports. That's ready to launch. Do you have potassium iodide tablets? Iodine? Do you have that? You should get some. Tornadoes this weekend killed nearly 30 people and destroyed entire U.S. cities, wiped off the map. Estimated damages, 7 to $8 billion. You remember when 7 or $8 billion meant something? Now 30 million Americans won't have clean water or electricity for a couple of weeks. They're our neighbors. You can donate now at mercuryone.org. Just go to our disaster relief, mercuryone.org. Every single dime goes to disaster relief. There are fatal riots now in France, Israel, Thailand. In France, it's about Social Security age being raised. Ours is 65. Can you imagine if it was raised to 68? In Israel... The riots are about having a Supreme Court. We take that for granted here. It's new there. In Thailand, the riots are about new air pollution controls that limit things like taxis. If you've ever seen or you've been to Thailand, the taxis are different. They're buggies. They're small scooters driven as taxis. They're universal there. The new anti-climate change regulations effectively cancel 90% of those homespun businesses. Meanwhile, here, John Kerry said over the weekend, when it comes to climate change, we're doing a lot more than the Inflation Reduction Act. I thought that was about reducing inflation. Apparently not. He continued, quote, the Inflation Reduction Act is a package that in and of itself can get to 40% carbon reduction. But in addition to that, the president is now is issuing executive orders. He said there'll be changes on automobiles, on light trucks, on heavy trucks, heavy duty. The number of initiatives that are being taken by states, subnational and cities. Is your city passing anything to do with cars and trucks changes on automobiles? You know that the demand for electric vehicles remains at about 3% of the population. 3%. Everything that they're doing, only 3% of us really actually want an electric vehicle. Who's in charge here? Vacancies. And delinquency rates in offices 
all-time high. Post-pandemic, many companies now are allowing work from home as a hiring feature. But we have hit an all-time high. We're basically China now, where 50% of the office space is empty. But that's because local government is expected to provide housing and office space at a certain capacity for the population. They don't care about demand there. You just need certain capacity per citizen. Who cares if it's needed, wanted, or used? There are literally thousands of empty office buildings in China, but soon, too, in the U.S., just not for the same reason. Boiled water in the G20 countries. Sorry, bottled water. Bottled water now in G20 countries. Now costs more than oil. In Uganda, a quart of water is 1.8 times more than a quart of Quaker State. Basic motor oil is $1.54. A bottle of water is two nineteen. Something is wrong here. And then we go to the state of our union. Well, let me give you some good news. This last Saturday, just a couple of days ago, a suspect was arrested for the most recent attack on Compass Care's pro-life medical office in Buffalo, New York. This is one of those pro-life medical centers that we talk about. In fact, we've had the head guy, uh, Reverend Jim Harden, on. This was one of the first attacks. It was, believe it or not, almost a year ago. But they continued attacks. This attack happened on March 16th, and a woman was arrested. She was arrested for one count of criminal mischief, a classy felony, carrying a mandatory one to five year prison sentence if convicted. This would be on top of any potential punishments uh, participated by federal charges. Uh, and by the way, uh, federal charges aren't. The Department of Justice has decided. This isn't a violation of the FACE Act, even though it is. It's been 291 days, and the FBI hasn't really done anything, have they? Meanwhile, a federal prosecutor admitted in court papers that three D.C. Metropolitan Police Department undercover officers acted as provocateurs. Have you seen the video? I want to be careful. I don't want to vouch for this video because in today's world, anything can be faked. But this is not part, is my understanding, it's not part of the video that was given to Tucker Carlson. Why? Because this is from the vest of a police officer. Now, I want you to know, federal prosecutor, federal prosecutor admitted in court three metropolitan dc police department undercover officers acted as provocateurs this admission came just late last week and it came as the u.s judge the district uh, court judge wants to keep the video footage shot by the officers under a court seal 
Prosecutors accuse the case defendant, William Pope of Topeka, Kansas, of an illegitimate attempt to unmask the video as part of his alleged strategy to try the case in the news media, he said. (laughs) The defendant is not entitled to undesignate these videos and share them with unlimited third parties, said the assistant U.S. attorney. His desire to try the case in the media rather than in court is illegitimate, and the government has met its burden to show the necessity of this protective order to keep these videos sealed. How dare you? Who's trying this case in the media? You're only allowing selected things to come out, and apparently not allowing videos like this. Taken from, taken from the vest of a police officer. Go, go! The officer is saying, go, go, go. Help him up, help him up! He's now saying, Oh, wait, push him up, push him up! He's talking about the scaffolding in front. Help them up, get them up, push them up. He's helping them climb the scaffolding. Come on, man, let's go. Come on, man. Leave it go. There is the police officer's hand. Uh, You know, because he has a certain kind of band that was on the arms of police officers that day. And there he is helping him up. There's more. We'll get to it in 60 seconds. Mike Lindell, full of surprises. Uh, he thought pillows would be, you know, the most popular at my pillow. But he now has all season slippers. They are actually the best selling item on the my pillow products. That's because they're really, really good. Right now, my pillow is having a massive closeout sale. When you use the promo code BECK, you'll get the all-season slippers for just $25. It's normally $149.98. You get them now for $25? It's four-layer design that you're just not going to get from any other slipper. Patented layers ensure extra comfortability and durability, which means you can wear them anytime, anywhere, and your feet are going to feel great. They come in a ton of new colors, and they make perfect gifts. So go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and grab a pair of the all-season slippers for just 25 bucks. They're usually 150 bucks, limited to 10 pairs at checkout. Enter your promo code back or call 800-966-3117, 800-966-3117. Get this great offer right now at MyPillow.com, promo code back. 10 seconds, station ID. This is, uh, this is amazing to me, this footage, and the fact that you've got a district judge saying, you can't try this in the public. You, have to, you, you can't use this video and just release this video. I don't even know if he's talking about the same video. This came from a Rumble account. It was released anonymously, so we don't know much about it. 
We don't know where it came from. By the way, you do have the House working for you today. The Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, that's FISA, allows the government to rummage through phone records in terrorism and counterintelligence probe without a warrant. It's been controversial since it first started. And then they started using about using it against the former president. And and then we find out they're using it all the time. Well, apparently the House is making changes to it. How the FBI has been using it. They are systematically abusing its warrantless electronic surveillance authority have been doing it for years in december the office of the director of national intelligence released a declassified version of a 2021 report that found additional abuses including the targeting of americans with clear constitutional protections there was even a member of congress the fbi said they're working on it Mm. except a newly released audit report says the fbi continues to abuse the FISA system, despite the internal reforms of training, notwithstanding a focused and concerted effort by Federal Bureau of Investigation personnel to comply with the requirements of Section 702. There are misunderstandings regarding the FBI's systems and the procedures. There's questions still today that remain. How is that possible? You know, there's a great article that is out today by Matt Taibbi. You should read it. It's about all the things that we've done since 2001. All the different things that we've done just to keep ourselves safe. We have to have this so we're safe. Do you feel any safer? Because I don't know, our, our border is wide open. None of that stuff is being used to actually track terrorists. If we really cared about terrorists and people who wanted to destroy us, we would be watching our, our southern border and our northern border as well. So why do we have all of these things? Maybe, just maybe, perhaps we shouldn't have all of these things. What happened to us? We're now living in Woodrow Wilson's absolute dream. We're living in a managerial state. We're living in authoritarianism. We're living with a bunch of managers that don't answer to you, cannot be fired. You don't even know who to question. Just an agency passes a new rule and becomes a law. All of a sudden, you're a felon. Wait, what? That's not the way the system works. And each of us, in our own way and in our own circle of influence, need to say enough is enough. I will not comply. I won't do it. Unless it's constitutional, I will not comply. And FBI agents, it's way past time for you to stand up and blow the whistle. More in just a second. The Glenn Beck Program. Ira lives in Virginia, and she writes in about her dog, Shiloh. 
She says the trial pack came from Rough Greens, and I put some on my hand, and I offered it to Shiloh, and he licked it clean. Ever since then, he gets very anxious about mealtime. When I mix it in his kibble, he stands up and begs for his bowl now. He was always a picky eater before, but he's not anymore. He has more energy and wants to play more often. It's Rough Greens. It's great stuff. Thank you. Ira, thank you for writing in. They they have that special deal for you as well, where you can get the first bag free. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. You get your first one free. All you pay for is shipping. It's not a dog food. It's something that you put on your dog's food um, that has vitamins and minerals and probiotics and antioxidants. Because everything good for your dog has been cooked out. Most dogs love Rough Greens right off the bat. But they want to send you a free trial bag just to make sure your dog is like that. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Or call 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. I am really excited. Next hour, we have one of my favorite writers, Jack Carr, on with us. He is the best-selling author of The Terminal List. So last week, we um, introduced you to our new book. Uh, it is called, called Dark Future. Uh, it is uh, coming out July 11th. You can order copies of it uh, now at Barnes & Noble or you know Amazon, wherever you buy your books. Um, but uh, it tells about the important meetings that happen in 21 and 2022 when people all over the world, from government, finance, media, business, all of them that support... The um, World Economic Forum's plan for the Great Reset uh, launched a new call of action titled The Great Narrative. What they said was the narrative of the old world, meaning the story of America, the story of the West, was no longer um, good. <laughs> it wasn't useful anymore. And so they started a campaign that uh, they could use that would continue to decay the traditional values through the West and um, and use, you know, new and future advancements in technology uh, to enhance this story and use the uh, areas of artificial intelligence and automation and the metaverse and robotics, et cetera, et cetera, to seize control of the economies and societies in North America and Europe. This is an attack on the entire Western world. It's not just on us. And the elites behind these proposals even plan to impact the way people across cultures and the planet understand what it means to be human and have free will. We've told you before, the leaders of the Great Reset and the Great Narrative Movements, by the year 2030, say, you'll own nothing, and you'll be happy about it. There will be no privacy, and you'll be happy. These are really highly influential, extremely wealthy figures and institutions and governments that are behind the Great Narrative. And they are building the framework now. I mean, what's going to happen is we this is this collapse is happening with our economy slowly. Everything is going, I think, according to their design. It's 
It's happening slowly, and it will eventually bring us down to just the four big banks or the five biggest banks, which is the Fed. And then the Fed will just take over, and they'll lose the they'll lose the uh, uh, the shroud of these four banks. Dark future uncovering the Great Reset's terrifying next phase. It is on sale now. Be one of the first to get it uh, and um, protect your family and our country from losing liberty. It, it really isn't what's being done to us. It's what we do about it. Whose side are you on? And if you think they're, you can stand on the sidelines, you're mistaken. You're mistaken. By the way, people who are not standing on the sidelines, another good news from the House, another piece. But this one is incredible to me because the the left and the Democrats are now calling this fascistic. And I'd just like you to point out where is the fascism in the Parents' Bill of Rights Act? This is uh, H.R. 5. Notice of Rights. A local educational agency receiving funds under this part shall ensure that each elementary school and secondary school served by such agency posts on publicly accessible websites of the school, or if the school does not operate a website, it must widely disseminate to the public a summary notice of the rights of parents to information about their children's education as required under this act, which shall be an understandable format for parents and will include at a minimum these things. So this is Congress saying you got to post this. It's got to be everywhere. You got to put it on your website. If you don't have one, you just have to make sure it's widely distributed and clearly stated for all parents. You have the right to a review and make copies of at no cost the curriculum of your child's school. Is does that sound like fascism to you? You have the right to know if the state alters the state's challenging state academic standards. You have the right to meet with each teacher of your child not less than twice during the school year in accordance with a paragraph 5A. Does that sound like fascism? The right to receive the budget, including all revenues and expenditures of their child's school. You're paying for your school. Is it fascistic to say, I want to see the receipts? How are you spending my money? Every parent has the right to a list of the books and other reading materials available in the library of their child's school. It doesn't say you can set fire to them. It says, I, I should be able to go into my child's library or receive a list of everything that is in there. And I should be able to inspect the books or other reading material that you're giving to kids. Why? I'm paying for it. Every time you pay your taxes for your school board, you are the one paying them to provide a service for you. 
They work for you. It's not the other way around. Even though they want you to believe that, it's not the other way around. And if you believe that in your local school uh, school district, if you believe the teachers work for something else, not the people, if you believe that, then we're completely screwed. Because obviously you believe that we should be subservient and working to a federal government if you have to listen and obey and not get any of your questions answered by your school board. You have the right uh, for charter schools, schools served uh, by a different local educational agency in the state, right to address the school board of local educational agency, the right to information about violent activity in their child's school. Is, are any of these things fascistic? Hey, you know, little Billy was clubbed in the head by somebody in the fourth grade. I don't know. Maybe I should know that. The right to information about violent activity in their child's school. The right to information about any plans to eliminate gifted and talented programs in the child's school. Why would you do that now? Why would you get rid of the gifted and talented? Why? So we can dumb our kids down even more? The right to review any professional development materials. The right to know if their child is not grade level proficient in reading or language arts at the end of third grade as described in the subsection C10, blah, blah, blah. Wait, you want to, you want what? You want to know if your child can read? You want to know if your, if your child is proficient? What? You're a Nazi. You have the right to know if a school employee or contractor acts to change a minor's child's gender markers, pronouns, or preferred name. You as a parent have the right to know if a school employee or contractor acts to allow a child to change the child's sex-based accommodations, including locker rooms or bathrooms. You have the right to know if a school employee or contractor acts to treat, advise, or address the cyberbullying of a student. To treat, advise, or address the bullying or hazing of a student. To treat, advise, or address a student's mental health, suicidal ideation, or incidents of self-harm. You have, as a parent, the right to know if somebody is treating, advising, or addressing a specific threat to the safety of a student. To treat, advise, or address the possession or use of drugs and other controlled substances. Treat, advise, or address an eating disorder. If a child brings a weapon to school, you should know about it. You have a right to know and a right to the notice described in subsection before a person speaks in person or virtually to their child in class, school assembly, or any other school-sponsored events. It goes on. But there's absolutely no surprises here. The rest of it is pretty much just restating the rest. What I just read to you. I mean, it. how is this? I don't understand. And by the way, we're the ones. We're the ones that are saying we want to burn books. No, no. Apparently, we're the fascists because we think some things are inappropriate for some kids. 
and at certain ages. But see, we're fascistic because we don't run the publishing houses. Because if we ran the publishing houses, I guess it's okay just to change things. I don't know if you've heard, but Agatha Christie is now being rewritten. Yeah, because she was very inappropriate. There are many things that are insulting or references to ethnicity as described as well as descriptions of certain characters' physiques. You are kidding me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of her characters was complaining about pestering children. Now, I'm going to read some very triggering words here. So be very careful. You're on alert. If you're easily triggered, stand back from the radio. Maybe plug your ears and la, 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 just for a second. Okay, here I go. They come back and stare and stare, and their eyes are simply disgusting, and so are their noses. I don't believe I could really like... What? What? Their eyes are disgusting, and so are their noses. Would it be... Asians? No, because she was, well, yeah, no, she was a round eye. So maybe that's what she, no, it wasn't Asians. It's children. It's children. They came back and stare and stare and their eyes are simply disgusting. And so are their noses. I don't believe I really could like children. Now it's been rewritten. They come back and stare and stare and stare. I don't believe I really would like children. You've changed the essence of the character, the character with their with the eyes and their noses. You learn more about the character, not about the children she's talking about. Oh, my gosh. So who is it that is the fascist? I mean, fascism really, when it's at its very best is when it's infiltrated all businesses and the government. And so the government and the businesses just make the change that those radicals want. Just the few elites. Well, that's what you're doing. We're saying you can print the book. We just don't think it's appropriate for kids in the third grade. But print the book all you want. Just not in the school library or as part of curriculum. You're saying we have to get rid of books. We have to get rid of words in books. I'm sorry, you keep using that word fascism. I do not think it means what you think it means. Got a pair of dice nearby? Roll them. Recently, AT&T discovered a data breach that exposed personal information of 9 million customers. How the dice come out? I mean, because that's really the way you're rolling dice. Every time you are online at all, anytime you give digital information, now you have data breach, AT&T. So what happens? They take some of that information, combine it with stuff that's for sale on the dark web, and they have everything about you they know. 
you need to protect yourself and nobody can, you know, prevent everything. They LifeLock, I think, is the best. They have preventative measures to keep you safe. And then if something goes wrong, they have a restoration team that will help you if there's if it's hacked, if your information is hacked, if your information is compromised, they're there to help clean it up. No one can prevent all identity theft, monitor all transactions at all businesses, but protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now, save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK, B-E-C-K, or 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com slash BECK. It's 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com slash BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. We have a uh, we have uh, quite an impressive uh, lineup here for you in the next uh, ninety minutes. We have Jack Carr coming up. We also have the doctor that can speak directly to the um, the study that came out. Uh, you know about the raccoon dogs. Oh, raccoon dogs! It was raccoon dogs. When I heard that, I rolled my eyes and thought. Wow, isn't that convenient? Raccoon dogs now. We finally found the missing link. Well, unfortunately, we find out now that that's not true. That's not true. The paper was leaked by The Atlantic last week with the headline, Strongest Evidence Yet, An Animal Started the Pandemic. What's not mentioned in the manuscript in the study is that all of the DNA samples from raccoon dogs tested negative for COVID. Negative. It's it's absolutely unbelievable. Now, the admission of that kind of crucial fact does, quote, add to growing concerns about the reliability of the report, whose main authors include scientists who shut down the debate of the lab leak theory. Fauci was involved. When will people lose their jobs? You know, today is a great day to get a warranty. Actually, any day is a great day when you're not worrying about your appliances and home systems. That's what you get with an American Home Shield warranty. All the unexpected breakdowns like a leaky faucet or faulty water heater, they're not going to break the bank because covered repairs and replacements are all taken care of. Having reassurance is something to celebrate. Choose the plan that works for you and your budget. When a covered item in your home breaks, all you do is contact American Home Shield. Their trusted, qualified pros will fix or replace it based on the coverage limits in your agreement. When it comes to protecting your appliances and home systems, don't worry. Be warranty. Go to ahs.com slash Beck and save 20%. That's ahs.com slash Beck and get 20% off any plan. See ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. New Jersey residents, the product being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer.
about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Jeez. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck Program. We have nuclear missiles on the move uh, from Russia. Uh, also, Honduras now has become the latest country that has said, you know what, we're with China. We're, no, we're not with Taiwan anymore. Honduras. We, no, we, Taiwan, we don't even know who they are. China is uh, uh, making rounds uh, all over the world, uh, trying to get uh, everybody who was on the Taiwan bandwagon off of it. And uh, they're offering all kinds of incentives. What kind of world do we live in? Well, Jack Carr knows. Jack Carr, the best-selling author. He is also the author of uh, Terminal List with Chris Pratt. You might have seen it on Netflix. He's got a new book coming out in a couple of months. And I wanted to talk to him about everything that's going on. And because people who are authors of these kinds of books, they are paid to think out of the box. They, they have to come up with something that is reasonable and plausible. Otherwise, you won't buy their books. So they are more willing to look at all of the information and say, yeah, that could work. That could not work. I want to ask him about the pipeline. Also about the moving of tactical nukes today by Russia. We'll have that in 60 seconds. So if you have pain that just won't go away, I know you've tried other drugs. Everything from the ibuprofen 800, you know, the heavy stuff, uh, to the weird hippie shop, maybe, at <laughs> the corner cells. Um, that stuff smells like it's great. It smells like I'm smoking an old tire. Yeah! But if you've gone through everything, maybe even had injections, sometimes they help. Sometimes they help for a bit. Uh, sometimes they don't at all. What if something could knock that pain out right from underneath you and it doesn't space you out? You get your life back. Would you just try this for three weeks? Take it as directed. If it's not working for you after three weeks, it's not. And I'll be straight up with you. You'll be out 20 bucks. 1995. You get the quick start of relief factor. You just try it, take it as directed. 70% of the people who try it go on to order more month after month. It's relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com or 800, the number four, relief. Uh, It is, by the way, it's not Netflix. It is Amazon uh, that uh, the terminal list is on. Jack Carr is the best-selling author of the terminal list series. Uh, He is also the executive producer uh, and a host of the new podcast, Danger Close with Jack Carr. Jack, welcome back to the program. How are you, sir? Oh, thank you so much for having me on. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm great. I'm great. Um, I, um, I, I just let me just read the, um, the, the, the preface of your, of your new book here, or the synopsis. Now with the world on the brink of war and a weakened United States facing rampant inflation, political division, shocking assassinations, and a secret cabal of global elites ready to assume control. I mean, with an exception of the shocking assassinations, there's not a lot. You didn't need a lot of imagination on this one, did you, Jack? I mean, it sounds like today. Uh, and with the, 
with the world's most dangerous man locked in solitary confinement, the conspirators believe the final obstacle to complete uh, domination has been eliminated, but they are wrong. Tell me the story. Tell me the story. It's going to touch on a couple things we're going to we're going to discuss today. Nord Stream one and two, of course. Um, But uh, these things are almost writing themselves and certainly our uh, senior level military leaders and our elected representatives. And I specifically do not call them leaders. They're elected representatives, our mm-hmm. employees uh, in Congress and the executive branch. Give me a lot to work with these days <laughs> uh, as, uh, as far as creating villains. Uh, and then on the geopolitical stage, oh, my goodness, there is uh, so much to work with that probably would not have been believable had I written these books 10 years ago, certainly 15 years ago. But today, uh, all of those things are so so much more plausible, which makes it fun for a thriller author, but also a little more difficult because you have uh, uh, to work with things that people um, are just going to accept as uh, real. And you have to take a little step further, one step further, think like the enemy, think like our elected representatives and our senior military leaders and create these stories that have a touch point in reality. And in my case, in this military authenticity that I bring to the page from my past, but uh, there's a lot to work with. So Uh, I don't think I'm ever going to run out of ideas. No, I don't think so either. Um, We might run out of printing presses before ideas. Um, uh, Jack, when you say you have to take it a little bit further, that's really hard to do. Do you think you have to bring it out of reality a bit or I mean, are you just advancing the storyline to where it could go? Because that's that storyline, move it forward by a degree and then bring a perspective to it that um, maybe your readers or audience haven't considered yet. Uh, And I do that by taking a breath and really thinking these things through where a lot of people that aren't engaged every day thinking about these things uh, might not be have time to do because they have to get their kids to school and go to work and do all these other things. But I can spend that time, that deep thought and take it a little bit further and think about what is going to happen or the why be behind what is happening. Um, so I have the time to do that. And I love to do that and bring that into the pages of the story. So if you replace shocking assassinations with mysterious uh-huh. bombings of the Nord Stream pipelines, uh, you would you would have summed up what we're going through right now. There are three competing theories on who did this. Um, yes. The first, the majority of the West initially said the Russians did it. I, I, do you believe that? <laughs> the uh, people putting that forward are counting, uh, I think, on the U.S. citizenship, the dumbing down of the population. And if one were to spend time uh, on Twitter or in the comments section of YouTube, it's not a bad strategy uh, if you were to base, uh, base this off of those types of comments. But if you connect some dots, and you don't have to have a background in strategy or geopolitics or uh, military tactics or anything along those lines, you just have to look at this with a little common sense and connect a few dots, as Seymour Hersh did in his article uh, last month. But if you connect those dots, you can go back to January 2022, not that long ago, when Victoria Nuland, Undersecretary of State for Policy, and this is, if you can find the video online, and she says, I want to be clear, this is verbatim, if Russia invades Ukraine one way or another, Nord Stream 2 will not move forward. Then, one month later, February 22, President Biden, verbatim, if Russia invades, there will no longer be a Nord Stream 2, we will bring it to an end. Okay, that's pretty clear. And uh, these concerns, though, just don't lie with the Biden administration. They go back to the Bush administration, fearing that European dependence on natural gas would weaken NATO and naturally soften a European stance toward Russia. 
But even President Biden, he said, we pay or sorry, President Trump, he says, pay for your defense. You should buy gas from us. So this is a, a 20 year issue right here. So then Russia invades Ukraine late February 22 and September 2022. What happens? Nord Stream 2 uh, is destroyed. And just as President Biden and Victoria Newland said, they would be months earlier. But the result is what is probably the largest man-made environmental disaster in history. So that, that natural gas is 90% methane, which destroys the ozone layer. So for an administration that taps climate change as the greatest threat to national security, um, that could be an issue if it is tied back to the Biden administration, even though they said they were going to do it. So we're not dealing with the brightest uh, people, okay, so, perhaps. Okay, so hang on. Before I go back to the Biden administration, let me let me take you to the third um, idea of how it uh, of how it happened. They're now saying that I think this is kind of the West's response after nobody believed the Russians did it. That uh, they had, uh, you know, a, a group of five people. They know that it was, you know, four uh, men and one woman. They rented a yacht. They don't know whose yacht it was, um, but uh, they know definitely no one was involved with Zelensky. Um, but they were probably some sort of a rebel group from uh, the Ukraine. Is that plausible? <laughs> it is quite fascinating. And uh, it would probably be one of the least believable parts of a novel if I put it in there. Um, <laughs> but one of the things that uh, makes me believe that this was certainly Russia is that yeah, former CIA director John Brennan was uh, trotted out on CNN and NBC to offer his expert analysis. And he said it was for sure. Russia. He did not bring <laughs> evidence of this, of course, but uh, his track record, very solid of yeah. Russia and being wrong on things. Um, so the only thing on that side, like if I was to think it through and he didn't offer this up, but maybe Russia would think this would be their motive for doing it, that they would get some insurance money, uh, that the U.S. would work out a deal with Germany and Europe, uh, but Germany in particular, uh, to get more natural gas in the United States, decrease their dependence on Russian natural gas. And so if that was going to happen anyway, maybe we get some insurance money. Okay. That's the only thing that I could think of. But right. yes, you're, the, the, you're right. This, uh, this pro-Ukrainian group, I got to yeah. talk about this pro-Ukrainian group. Right. Uh, because it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. And this is in response, of course, to the Seymour Hirsch article, which came out in February. This is a March article by the New York Times. Uh, and it's, it's so <laughs> uh, other than what, so we can infer this. This pro-Ukrainian group, and I'm doing air quotes there, um, we, ha we can infer that they were exceptionally skilled in technical diving, okay, and the use of high explosives. So we're talking about these five people, five or six people that you mentioned. Two of them are divers, so they have to go down about 250 feet, so they need some technical diving skills to do that. Probably 1,000 pounds of explosives. They're using timers, initiators, blasting caps. Uh, but first, they have to find it, of course. So I don't know if this sounds like a typical pro-Ukrainian paramilitary group, like New York Times <laughs> says. But they also Wait, have hang on, hang on, hang on. Just on what you're explaining, just on what you're explaining, give, right. add the difficulty level to this. So because I, I don't know anything about diving, how many people could do what you just described? Right. So this regular diving, people know you can go down a little over 100 feet uh, on regular scuba stuff. If you go past that uh, and stay down too long, you need a mixture, a mixed gas. Um, so not the typical thing that you go when you go to see people diving in the Bahamas or Hawaii or that right. sort of thing. Um, so you, you need some technical diving skills there um, just to get down. And then you add the complexity of the demolition training. 
on top of that. So we are narrowing down the amount number of people who can do this. So Russia has that, that capability. We have that capability. A pro-Ukrainian paramilitary group, not so sure. But then you add this on top of that. You add that, uh, that they had this high-level trade craft. So they chartered a luxury yacht in Germany from Ukrainian owners. And I'll get back to that. Uh, so as a captain, it's two divers, a couple assistants, and, and a doctor. One, I think it's five men and one woman. Um, they had fake passports, these technical diving skills, navigation skills, boating skills, demolition skills, and they're apparently expert forgers because they have or have access to one because in a day when forged passports aren't really a thing unless you have real passports with aliases created by a government entity. Um, so they have all this trade craft, craft, yet they rent their boat from a Ukrainian out of all the people they could. It, so once again, you don't have to be an expert in geopolitics or tactics or have, any, have worked for the CIA to come up with, uh, this might, this isn't adding up. Um, there, there are a couple questions here. So um, it's, uh, I, I think that, that uh, the New York Times story was a response to that Seymour Hersh article, which was very detailed. It caused, could cause problems for the Biden administration. And in the past, it would be the biggest story in the country oh, right now. Yeah, it should, instead, be the biggest, it should be the biggest story in the country right now because we should know one way or another. So before I get back into that, let me just ask you, what was the motivation of the person who would create a story like that? to put a Ukrainian uh, boat on it or a boat owner. What, why? I mean, that sounds like something that Russians right. would do to make it sound like that. Why, why would the right or the, uh, uh, the West do that? To divert attention from the president of the United States who touts climate change as the uh, greatest threat <laughs> in the history of mankind uh, and divert attention away from that because the base seems to be very focused on climate change. And yet we don't seem very interested in even investigating this. I don't even think that the, uh, the president has ordered or they haven't said anyway that he has ordered an investigation into this. Um, neither has the UN for some reason. They declined to do an investigation in this, uh, into this. So it's all very interesting, but it is, uh, it seems to be to, in, to divert attention away from the president of the United States causing the largest man-made environmental catastrophe in history. Okay. So I want to go into the Seymour C- Hersh article and if you can take it, take us through it. Cause I, I don't know what all of it means and how plausible all of this stuff is. Um, and how many people would, how many people would know about this and how do you keep it quiet? We'll, we'll get back into that with Jack Carr here in just a second. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. America's changing from the inside out and it's not a good change. You and I are standing between the America we once knew and the one we're afraid she's becoming. The ground beneath our feet gets shakier every single day, and we're tasked with leading the next generation in a direction that will take us back to where we came from. Part of that, part of being an American is embracing fiscal responsibility, not spending beyond your means, saving money where you can, and of course, paying down your debts whenever and wherever you can. American financing can help you with that. This is a, uh, a privately owned, this is a family owned mortgage company and they're in it for you and they're saving people just like you about $700 a month on average 695 plus if you uh, become a customer of theirs and they can find the right plan for you you could end up being able to delay at least two mortgage payments and close in as little as 10 days call us free no obligation American financing at 800-906-2440 800-906-2440 AmericanFinancing.net 10 seconds, station ID. 
Welcome to the uh, program. We're with uh, Jack Carr, best-selling author of the Terminal List series, um, and uh, he is—he he has a new book that is out now. Only the Dead. It comes out when Jack May. May sixteenth. May, May, coming in hot. May sixteenth. So pre-order your copy now. Only the Dead. So Jack, let's go through the Seymour Hirsch article because the average person doesn't know what's reasonable and what's not. So can you go through this? Sure can. So that Seymour Hirsch article came out February 8th. Now it's on Substack, which means that you have to pay for it. So there's a barrier to entry for mm. citizens getting this information. So um, whereas the New York Times, they can just put it up there. They can take that barrier for entry down and they can counter it a month later, which they did probably at the behest of our intelligence agencies and executive branch. But the Seymour Hirsch article goes into quite a bit of detail um, and it highlights how these were destroyed in a covert action by the u.s military ordered by president biden it gives times dates places cities uh now it does come from an anonymous source that he's protecting and, and um, only one and, and only one source does that matter to you that uh, it's well a, yes you are usually in in, uh, in intelligence circles you never want to act on uh, as we found with iraq yeah. you don't want to act launch a war off singers single source intel okay. um and interestingly enough later on in the war we couldn't have gone out after a uh, a jaywalker an ied maker uh with that kind of intel but okay. that's All another right. point so same things in journalism obviously you want to confirm um but as someone who has had a few touch points in that world uh it all seems quite plausible to me um and if you're making this stuff up uh that would that would have been a, that would be tough to make all this stuff up and and why uh, of course why would seymour hirsch make all that up but um and there was a time like i said when other uh investigative journalists would have looked into this would have taken that article and used their sources instead dead silence crickets other than the new york it's times pretty article. amazing um it should be the, the biggest uh, story in the country. Um, but he takes you through the means, the opportunity, and the motive um, for all these countries involved. We, and, of course, the answer to all those questions is that the U.S. had the most to, um, uh, to gain. But uh, the U.S. military, we had multiple ways to destroy the pipeline. Seymour Hirsch goes through these, including undersea drones, military divers skilled in those mixed gas technical diving that we talked about uh, that would allow them to plant explosives um, close to the maximum allowable depths for mixed gas diving. That 250 feet, which is uh, most reports say that these uh, pipelines were destroyed. Uh, and the opportunity here is a NATO military exercise in the Baltic Sea that we've done every summer for the past 21 years. So that's what we would call a cover for action. Um, and then, mm. of course, that motive for us uh, is uh, for, for Germany and for Europe to side with the U.S. against Russia, which they would be reluctant to do if Russia was supplying them with the majority of their natural gas. Okay, so uh, essentially fuels their economy. So the, the, the Seymour Hersh said that seals, uh, if we use seals, then more people had to be notified, but we could do this off the books without any congressional oversight. If we used uh, divers from the Navy's Diving and Salvage Center, are they capable of pulling this off? Are they trained for deep water demolition and trained to evade surveillance, et cetera, et cetera? Oh, yes. I mean, there's not much to evade because of that NATO military exercise. So they're already there. Um, they just need to go down during that exercise, plant these explosives, come back up, 
they're on a timer and they can either be uh, counting down or uh, detonated later with uh, by dropping a um, uh, essentially like a sonar type buoy that gives off a signal that uh, that will destroy the pipelines uh, at a later date if the green light hasn't already been given. So it's uh, it seems quite plausible uh, in in my opinion. But what makes it even more plausible is the response of the administration to it, um, which was essentially nothing until there's a meeting uh, between Germany and the United States. And then this New York Times article that comes out a month later that essentially reads like a response to the Seymour Hirsch article that Mm. puts that pro-Ukrainian paramilitary group uh, out there. And really, for me, I think that is to confuse muddy the waters, let the story die on the vine until the American public gets distracted by the next divisive event or events. Jack, if you have uh, more time, I got a, another break here, and but I'd love to ask you some more questions. Of, first of all, what questions should we be asking about this? But also, they've just moved tactical nukes into Belarus. Um, they just announced it. And they're also putting uh, on ready their ICBM back program more with Jack Carr in a minute. Fateful day when somebody doesn't come home usually starts out like any other day. There's no ominous foreshadowing, no scary music track following you around. One minute your world is normal and the next minute everything is upside down. Ever since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping people caught in exactly that position. When a veteran or a first responder doesn't come home, they help the family by providing them with mortgage-free housing. It's an amazing institution. It just actually touched me personally. Uh, unbeknownst to Tunnel to Towers, they they uh, were there when one of my wife's relatives, who was a police officer, was killed in the line of duty. And my wife found out about Tunnel to Towers just a few days later when they said they covered their mortgage and the kids are all safe and fine. It's an amazing organization. Help America's heroes and their families, won't you? Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2T.org. Tunnel to Towers. More with Jack Carr and what's going on with uh, Russia, the latest threats, China, and a little bit more on Ukraine. Jack Carr, best-selling author of the Terminal List series. He's also the executive producer for Amazon's uh, record-breaking TV series, The Terminal List. Uh, Host of the podcast Danger Close with Jack Carr, where he takes things a little deeper. And his new book that comes out in the middle of May, it is Only the Dead. Um, Welcome back to the program, Jack. The, the, um, The pipeline bombing. Um... What questions should we be asking? Because we're sitting around saying, well, I, I don't have any sources like that. Is there any is there any question that can be asked that lead us to more information? Well, it's that 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 one that uh, you ask about anything that like this, where there is just uh, no one knows what happened. It's who benefits and then who benefits the most. And then who has that means, that, uh, that opportunity, and that motive? So much like a law enforcement investigation, you do those things, and they typically point you in the right direction, at least get you 
uh, in front of the right people to start asking questions. And uh, Denmark, Sweden, Germany, they've launched independent investigations into this attack. Uh, and I think they just released one of their findings, or at least Denmark did, uh, maybe yesterday. But I just looked up that Zero Hedge article about the cylindrical ob- object close to the pipeline. Uh, and I think that's the first um, uh, bit of information to come from Denmark's investigation. And once again, it'll be interesting to see if they release anything else uh, as to what this is, if they recover it, which I would think they would. What, <laughs> um, did you see a picture but- of it, Jack? Have you seen the picture? I'm looking at it right now. What? What? Uh, it's hard to tell exactly what it is because it's covered in uh, what algae and some some growth. But, uh, some people speculated that it would be like a an antenna of some sort. Is that what one right. would look so like? Well, I think there's a few different types that it could be, uh, different shapes and sizes. But uh, what it would do, if it is in fact an antenna, is take that. Um, frequency from some sort of a buoy dropped from above uh, if it's not on a countdown timer um, to detonate the devices. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if Denmark takes that thing apart and uh, if they release any more information. Mm. And uh, I think that if it does uh, lead directly back to the U S we might not hear so much about this investigation in the future. I got to tell you that if our government uh, can do this without oversight from Washington, uh, I've talked to people who are on the oversight committee and they say oh, they had nothing to do with this. Do you believe that how many people would would have to know about this? That's the part about a conspiracy um, where we see that uh, it is very difficult to keep a secret in Washington, especially amongst politicians. Um, but you add this confusion with the New York Times article and just take it back to the yeah, the John F. Kennedy Association, all these years later, I there know. are still documents that have not been released, even though Congress ordered the release of those documents back in the early 90s. And the dates keep coming and they keep going, uh, which is very strange, because if you were trying to make yourself look guilty, if you were an intelligence agency, that's probably what you would do is keep these documents close hold and redacted and not release them to the public. If, um, so you create this confusion, you create this mystery, you create these conspiracy theories, uh, and now it just leads people to the next distraction. It, uh, if Russia did this to us, let's say, the oil pipeline up in Alaska, um, we, we would declare an act of war. This is an act yeah. of war, is it not? That's my understanding, that this would be considered an act of war legally. Um, Hence, another reason uh, to make sure that it was pro-Ukrainian paramilitary force uh, (laughs) that has some extremely high-level training. So um, when you you look at what's happening in Russia, I mean, I've never seen anything like this, Jack, where, you know, if if, uh, Brezhnev would have, you know... (laughs) landed somewhere in vietnam and went hey we're all in we're sending you arms what do you need we'll help you target and was was open that's not a proxy war we would have said this against the soviet union the the same we're doing things i've never seen before and it just seems to get worse and worse they're moving tactical nukes now uh into uh not Moldova. Uh, yeah, Belarus. 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 Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you? It seems we, we have a hard time finding a war we don't like in Washington. Um, we just finish mm. up. We wrap up 20 years in Afghanistan. 
And lo and behold, what do we what do we find? Oh, we find uh, Ukraine. But as an interesting aside, not many people I, I, I don't think many people know this, but uh, Russia gave draft treaties uh, to the U.S. Uh, and our NATO allies, uh, proposing rolling back a NATO presence in states surrounding Russia, which is their traditional buffer zone. Um, and instead of sitting down, reading these, going into talks, uh, the U.S. essentially doesn't entertain even reading these treaties um, and instead mm. really let this inv- this uh, Russian invasion happen. While at the same time, according to Seymour Hersh, there is already this covert military action uh, in the planning stages for the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Because once again, that goes back to the, the Bush administration uh, concerns about that pipeline. Um, so it's uh, and moving nukes into Belarus, you know, I'm, I'm not as concerned. I mean, I'm concerned about the escalation and the talk because we thought those days were behind us. Uh, those of us who grew up in the in the 80s and 90s, we thought that the, the Cold War uh, was maybe had morphed a bit, but at least the nuclear threat uh, had subsided. But uh, when you just saw this, them being in the conversation again um, is concerning. But if Russia needs to retake Ukraine, uh, because essentially it had more rough ethnic Russians in Ukraine than anywhere else. Um, and to continue to survive with the population that's in decline, they need those people in, in Ukraine. So using nukes in and around Ukraine doesn't help them with that end state. So uh, I'm not as concerned about them actually using them, but, but the rhetoric then also allows North Korea, China, Iran to study what they can gain from bringing nukes into mm-hmm. negotiations if we ever have them. Um, so on that side of it, uh, that's where my concern lies with uh, what those countries will learn from Russia bringing nukes into the equation. So China looks like it's I mean, it's preparing to take over the world. I mean, it is it is positioning itself now as the peace broker. It's positioning itself as the world's superpower. Um, I'm not sure if we're even a superpower anymore. Are we a superpower? Well, it's uh, it's certainly disheartening because um, we didn't it didn't have to be this way. Right. And there were numerous warnings over the last 50 years that if we were going to meet our end, it was going to come from within. And that seems to be what we're doing. We're dependent on our enemies, for essentially, for our very survival for everything from uh, microchips to uh, precursor drugs. Uh, opening our borders, political division that only benefits the the parties in charge, uh, Washington establishment. So us destroying ourselves from the inside, that's that's how the end will come. And we seem to be on that path. I try to remain hopeful, of course, because I have children. Um, yeah. But it is very hard to remain hopeful when you actually look at this. And um, one of my books, The Devil's Hand, a few years back, I put myself in the enemy's shoes mm-hmm. and uh, put thought, hey, what would I do if I were the enemy? So if I were Russia, if I were China, if I were North Korea, if I were China, if I were a super empowered individual, a terrorist organization, uh, I might not need to do much if I wanted to bring about the end of the United States. I might just sit back and watch. Uh, and just give a little nudge here and there mm-hmm. because uh, we're doing it to ourselves, uh, which is uh, probably the saddest part of all of this. So um, when you look at uh, China, um, uh, many people, I, I'm one of them, it, before an election, if it looks like uh, somebody who is a, more of a hawk and would pull things under control here, uh, it comes into office, 
Uh, I don't know if anybody could. But if I'm China, I take the opportunity now because we're at our weakest. And any kind of any kind of real turmoil would just, I think, topple us. They're, they're doing to us what we did to the Soviet Union. Um, do you um, do you, are these things we have to do? For instance, I talked to Nikki Haley and she's like, Glenn, we cannot give up on Ukraine. Otherwise, the Russians and I'm like, you know, uh, I'm sorry, but we're we're playing with two gimp legs. No, no, I, I, I'm not for going into uh, Ukraine. I, I'm, I'm not sure I'm for anything with China either, even if they start it, because I don't think we have the people at the head that I trust to lead an army or a war or even a, a children's second grade costume play, uh, a parade. Sure. And they have proven that over 20 years uh, in Iraq or in Afghanistan, 20 years in Afghanistan. Uh, they had 20 years to prepare for that withdrawal. And what did we get with all that education, all that time in uniform? Well, we got what we saw transpire on TV that no one even talks about anymore. That disastrous withdrawal. And that's why so many people could look at that and just apply some common sense to it, with, which Karl von Clausewitz uh, said was the most important uh, attribute of a battlefield leader is having common sense. So that is why people with no military background, no background in geopolitics and strategy could look at that and say, why did we give up this advantageous position in Bagram? And why do we put our troops um, in a tactically less advantageous position at the airfield in Kabul that resulted in the deaths of U.S. service members on the way out and all the chaos that we saw and essentially spending 20 years uh, to take Afghanistan from the Taliban to give it right back to the Taliban. So those are the same people that are still in charge of our military and the same people that will be in charge of any sort of a war effort uh, against Russia or China. So, uh, no, I do not have very much confidence in our senior level leadership. And it seems like most of the country does not uh, either. If you look at what's happening with uh, uh, the recruiting goal. Yeah. So it's uh, it's a it's a serious issue. Uh, And then when you look at what China is doing as far as hypersonic missiles, passive targeting, um, which means they can target things without the person uh, or the element or the platform knowing. Uh, and then you add AI to that, where we still have an edge. Uh, my research lets me, tells me that we still have an edge in quantum computing, um, but maybe not for long if we keep giving too much of this up. So Jeez. when you combine those things, hypersonic missiles, passive targeting, and what quantum is, computing, what, what, the AI part of it. What's passive targeting? So uh, let's go back to, to Top Gun. Remember when they get that lock on the plane yes. back in back in the 80s? Yeah. So you knew you had a lock on you from some sort of a, a weapon. Uh, passive targeting, you don't know that. It's still doing the same thing, oh my but you don't know that. So when you add hypersonic missiles to that, uh, which are very difficult to intercept because they're moving so fast, uh, and the passive targeting where you don't know it means that there is no alert ahead of time that you are being targeted until that missile hits. Um, so it's an evolving battle space, but it always has been. Um, but our senior level leaders certainly have not given me confidence um, over the past 20 years. Um, zero accountability at those senior level uh, levels. Uh, they go in front of Congress. They say the same thing year after year. We're making progress. We just need a little more money, a little more time. Uh, and essentially, it was all lies, especially if you go back and look at the Afghanistan papers. Uh, Craig Whitlock of The Washington Post wrote a book on it where he juxtaposed what they were saying in private that they thought was going to remain classified and then what they were saying in front of congress 180 out from one another in most 
cases. So I have very little confidence mm. in our uh, senior military leadership. Jack Carr, uh, I, you know, I like these uh, scenarios in your book and, and watch them on TV when somebody like Chris Pratt is coming in and they're like, OK, well, <laughs> the good guy's going to come in at the end. I don't like him so much in real life. Um, thank you so much. I uh, really appreciate your your willingness to speak from the heart today. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. Take care out there. The uh, the name of his new book that comes out in the middle of May, and he's coming back uh, to promote that. He's going to do a, a sit-down podcast with me. Uh, Only the Dead is the name of it. Only the Dead. You can, uh, you can get it now at Amazon or wherever you order your books. Pre-order it now. All right, some good news. You don't need to worry about all these annoying little bank bailouts. Uh, you know, there's there's not going to be any more bank bailouts there. There won't be. I mean, even if there are, they're not going to affect you or the economy. I super duper pinky swear. Yeah. You feel any better? No, I don't feel any better when the Fed says that either. Maybe a little cause to worry. I want your kids to know why banking, energy, housing, food, all messed up. You need to get this free book called The Tuttle Twins and the Messed Up Market. It's crucial information for your family. You can learn from it as well. The book explains how the government messes things up. So your kids will have the tools to know what to look for, how to fight back, and how to come out on top. We need to teach our kids to be self-reliant. It's only free this week. Get your copy of The Tuttle Twins and The Messed Up Market. You just pay for shipping. Tuttle Twins books are excellent. This one's crucial right now, so get it for free this week only. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Tuttle Twins and The Messed Up Market, this week only, free at TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Glenn Beck. This is this is really bad. And I wonder when people are going to pay a price for what happened with covid. You know, the study that came out about raccoon dogs. Well, it looks like that was a yeah, What about the raccoon dogs? Why didn't anybody check those? I was swabbing the mouths of the raccoon dogs for a long time. And they, mm-hmm. why didn't anybody check the raccoon dogs? Oh, I don't know. But you did suddenly? Yeah, and we found naturally occurring in raccoon dogs. Really? After all the Coincidentally. Coincidentally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't believe it when they said it, so I wasn't surprised when uh, I see, oh, it looks like, uh, looks like that, uh, that report uh, was wrong. Yeah, they, they, they left something out unintentional what i didn't mean i what what i did okay like i was supposed to know you know if they actually had the covid virus what what so dr stephen quay he's a microbiologist in seattle he has spent the last two years investigating the origin he said this shows a willingness to be untruthful Now, I think that is a wild understatement, but uh, Dr. Quay is going to be joining us here in just a minute and tell us, what, no raccoon dogs? No, no. But they might have come from corn dogs. We're not sure. Uh, 
this study was done by the people that were in with Fauci and saying, no, definitely not a lab leak. Definitely not. Dr. Stephen Quay weighs in on this in a minute. The Glenn Beck Program. How often do you think about making sure your wallet doesn't get stolen, your phone, your car? Probably more often than you think. But your home never crosses your mind. Listen to this. Nobody thinks that I can take their house and borrow against the house. Oh, no, I have title insurance for that. No, it's in my name. Or he would have to get some special document. They would call me. You know, nobody's calling you. After I've stolen the title, borrowed against it, or sold the property, or done whatever I've done with it, it's 60 to 90 days to even figure out that they're the victim of this crime. You know, by that point, you start getting foreclosure notices, and you realize you've got four mortgages on your house. Not only that, you don't even own your home anymore. It's not even in your name. Home title fraud is growing two and a half times faster than credit card fraud. You can be a victim without even knowing it. Go to HomeTitleLock.com, use the promo code BECK, register your address for a no-obligation home title report to see if you still own your home. It's $100 value free. Again, get your free home title report at HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Promo code is BECK. Believe it or not, COVID in the news again. So I get up today and I'm I'm reading about the raccoon dog. I mean, because who doesn't love raccoon dogs? And this amazing miracle that we found out last week that, whoa, it started with the raccoon dog. Probably bitten by a bat and then, you know, coughed on a human and boom, there we are. And uh, I, you know, I had a hard time buying that when it came out last week. But I thought, well, I don't know. Maybe let's see the science. Well, unfortunately, somebody else said that, too. Uh, Dr. Uh, Stephen Quay, uh, he's, you know, just MD, PhD, University of Michigan, uh, postdoctoral fellow at MIT, you know, worked at Harvard MGH Hospital, faculty of Stanford University School of Medicaid or of, uh, of medicine uh, just for a decade. He was. Uh, he, he has 360 plus scientific contributions to medicine, been cited over 11,000 times. He's in the top 1% of scientists worldwide. He says there's a problem. And we have him next to explain. It can happen in a blink of an eye. Something just goes wrong. Something, you know, one day you're you're fine and then the next day there's a mushroom cloud no uh you know maybe there's a maybe there's a tornado or a hurricane or you lose your job whatever it is disasters happen it's a part of life so why worry about it right now my patriot supply can help you for your preparation needs 
They're knocking $200 off their popular three-month emergency food kit. You know, Grandma used to have this. She just didn't buy it from my Patriot Supply. She canned it. And all of the people that were her age, that's what people did. We don't do that anymore. But that's what they had on the shelves when the Depression hit. Please have some emergency food just in case my patriot supply right now save two hundred dollars on each kit for your family's needs plus get free shipping don't put off your preparedness any longer tomorrow may be the day you need it go to mypatriotsupply.com now mypatriotsupply.com dr stephen quay is with us now doctor how are you sir I'm great, Glenn. It's great to be here with Th- you. Thank you. I really appreciate everything that you've done and your willingness to uh, stand. Um, you know, you have the credibility, maybe, <laughs> to survive it, uh, and you have done quite well. Um, I um, I want to I want to talk to you about this confusing raccoon dog uh, story that came out last week. We find out now that they left out some pretty important stuff, right? <laughs> Well, Glenn, I guess if they left out a virus, would that be important? <laughs> well, they said that it yeah. it was a carrier of it, right? But they, if I understand the story right, they swabbed the surface of, I don't know, the raccoon dog pen in the wet lab, yeah. right? And No, no, this is, this is in a market, Glenn. Um, this is in a market that sells live animals in China. It's, it's a, common, uh, a common event. But, okay, okay. Um, yes, they, they, they swab the surface. It has raccoon DNA. It has tiny fragments of SARS-CoV-2, but it doesn't have the virus. It doesn't have an infectious virus. Um, so it just means that there are people in the market who are infected. Um, the, the, the environmental specimens that are true have an entire virus that you can grow in the culture, and they have human DNA. So that's the part they left out. Okay, so, so, so it's not even the same COVID virus, right? It, it's tiny pieces of it. It's, it's tiny pieces of the COVID virus. So the virus is 30,000 letters long, and when you have an environmental specimen that's positive for it, you'll have thousands of little segments of that 30,000 letters. They won't tell us how many segments they have. My math prediction is they have less than 10 uh, and you have, you know, thousands to, to show you had a real virus. Holy cow. So how inaccurate is this? Well, it, it, it's, it's, it's completely misleading in the sense that as a scientist, you're supposed to present all the evidence you have. You can come to your own conclusion, but you present all the evidence. Uh, and the fact that they won't tell us, though we've asked, how many um, 150 letter sequences of the virus are in there. My prediction, it's less than 10. They won't tell us. Usually you need 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 to, oh to confirm that it's, that it's a real virus. Um, and, and they're hiding the ball. And they made a big deal out of it. And they they also happened to steal someone else's data to do it. The person who did this, that issued this, is it true? Her name, Dr. Christian Anderson? Is that right? Well, Christian Anderson is a man. No, this, oh, sorry. This paper has, I, I, I'm, I'm not looking at it now, but I want to say it has a dozen or more authors. So it's a, it's a real, uh, it's a community, <laughs> I mis- misspoke, it's a committee effort here. But um, what happened was they saw, oh, they saw some data that came out of, that should have come out of China a year and a half ago. They saw it appear on a database in Germany. Uh, they, took, they started to interrogate it, and then uh, the Chinese found out there, and the Chinese took it offline. In 
throughout science, what you do when that happens is you pause your own analysis because you can't analyze someone else's data unless they have made it public for you. It's theft, essentially. So, um, but they went ahead with it anyway. And of course, the Atlantic picked it up and, and it just went from there. But it's, it's, it's the wrong way to do research and the research doesn't show the, the, the raccoon dogs were, were infected. So I think, I mean, Rocky Raccoon is, is singing in the background Jeez. here. I think. Are we, are we ever going to find out where this came from? Or, I mean, do you feel it's pretty safe to say it was man-made in a lab? So, so Glenn, what I have done is, uh, you know, I'm a scientist <clears throat> I've also been in business, so I've been involved with litigations over patents. I think I have 88 patents and had to defend it five times. So <clears throat> I have treated my approach to this as if I'm in a courtroom and I have to enter evidence into the room and then I have to explain it to a, you know, a, a jury of my peers. And with respect to the fact that it, it came from a laboratory, with respect to the fact that it was engineered, my evidence is beyond a reasonable doubt, which is the standard you would use for a criminal investigation. It has bioweapon components, which I don't have as much confidence in, but they are a preponderance of the evidence. So um, it also has those aspects. And, and I've tried to stay in the discipline because the courtroom is a, is a truth-finding machine that is really useful. You can't get things into the courtroom unless you have good evidence. And then in there, there are rules about what you can and can't conclude from them. But doing that process, it, it, it gets very clear that it's, it came from a laboratory. It was manipulated and it has some aspects that could be considered bioweapons. I, uh, I am stunned to hear you uh, speak about this with such authority that you, you absolutely would present it in a courtroom. I'd love to. I know you have to catch a plane, so I'd love to have you back and present that evidence. Okay. Um, Go ahead. I, I would. Uh, there's, there's actually a paper I wrote. It's 189 pages long. Uh, it's been downloaded uh, about 240,000 times uh, on on this analysis. So I, I start with the preposition that it came from nature with a 98% probability, and I end with with the, after 26 pieces of evidence, you end with the conclusion that it's over 98% from a laboratory. Oh my gosh! And the the idea that we are covering this up. Why would we cover this up? Because we were doing gain of function research, because it was being weaponized. What, what do you think well, the well, motive well, is? Well, it, I, I don't want to get inside other people's heads because I'm a scientist, but we do know that the technology was developed in the United States that Correct. created this virus. We know that the humanized mouse on which the virus was trained to infect humans went by world courier from North Carolina to, to Wuhan laboratories. So those, those two pieces tie it together. And, and we know that, um, look at that, you know, we don't have to talk about Dr. Fauci because I don't want to get into the personalities here, but he believes in his heart that gain-of-function research will save mankind. Right. I've looked at 2,000 gain-of-function papers, and I find no evidence that it contributes to the public health issues around, around spillovers. So we, we just have a strong, strong scientific difference there. But, but Glenn, if I can just get one more point across here, sure. because I was in, um, I was in Washington, D.C., talking to people. It's important to get to the origin, but the other thing that's happened in the last three years is uh, I've collected a team of international scientists. We put together what we call a forensic analysis. So we can sit at a computer anywhere in the world and interrogate what's going on inside the Wound Institute of Virology. Right now, as I'm talking to you, they are doing research on a 30% lethal vi virus, a 39% lethal virus, and a 60% lethal virus. The Black Plague, which was a 500-year setback of civilization, was a 30% lethal microbe. That's so it. we have three cases going on right now of more of, of more deadly viruses. And so are we I mean, involved was, in it in this Congress, time? I was saying, are we involved? Well, 
we, we, we weren't involved with SARS with our own hands in the laboratory, and we're not, as far as I can tell, involved in this experiment. These, these experiments, are, uh, we found, are post-pandemic. So if you imagine a laboratory, okay, you've had a, you've had a leak, you've killed 20 million people. Do you change your behavior and do other kinds of research? Well, yeah. no, let's, let's do even more aggressive research. Um, but uh, we need to do something because it'll be a civilization-changing event. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Dr. Quay, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Glenn. I'd love to explain this more because because I'd like to have a grassroots effort. It's it's not going to come from the top down. It needs to be people saying, we need to to stop these signs. And I I don't know anybody, left or right, Republican, Democrat, Independent, I don't know anybody who thinks, you know, we've all been to the movies. We've seen what happens with things like this. And since it's just happened... I think maybe we should stop. I, I, I think these scientists are on the verge of madness, just madness. Yeah. Well, I, as I like to say, you know, if you're dead, you, you can't vote Democrat or Republican unless you're from Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You All don't right. belong in Seattle. Thank you so much, Dr. Stephen Quay. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you again. Boy, that's disturbing. All right. In a minute, I'm going to talk to a nurse. I mean, this, this nurse did everything she could to ring the bell and warn and what did the hospital do? Wait until you hear. We're going to talk to her. She's making a real difference going on and speaking about this uh, everywhere. We, we have got to get our medical community under control and back to sanity. Or, uh, or, or you know, things just do not work out well. Uh, good ranchers, here's what I would like you to do. You have a few minutes. I want you to go to your phone or your computer. Do it right now. Go to goodranchers.com. That's goodranchers.com. Make sure you have a napkin or a shirt sleeve handy because your mouth is going to be watering when you see it. Uh, This isn't the average, you know, garbage that's coming from another country in your grocery uh, grocery store. This is superior quality, all-American meat selection that will change your entire day. Right now, when you subscribe to Good Ranchers, you're going to get 100% American meat delivered. You're going to get great fillets, great T-bones, sirloin steaks, hamburgers, chicken, whatever it is your family eats. Make sure you're on the Good Ranchers list. GoodRanchers.com. Right now, if you go there, you'll get $20 off with the code BACK. When you subscribe, you're also going to get free bacon for a year. That's 24 ounces of Applewood bacon added every box that you get for a year for free. 100% American, high-quality bacon sourced from local farms. Also, I think this is so important. Your price will stay the same as long as you're subscribed. So if you're getting your hamburger and your chicken and everything else from Good Ranchers, when that comes, it's coming at the same price month after month after month after month, no matter what the market does. And meat is supposed to go up another 15%. So please check out GoodRanchers.com. That's GoodRanchers.com. Make sure you use the promo code BECK. 10 seconds, station ID. So we have uh, Deborah Conrad on. She is a physician's assistant, and she was um, working at a hospital, and she started to see some trends that were disturbing. She reported them to the people that she was supposed to report them to, and she was fired for that. Deborah Conrad is her name. Welcome, Deborah. How are you? 
I'm good. Thank you for having me, Glenn. Uh, I, I, I can't thank you enough for having the guts to stand up at this time. Tell me your story. You were you were just trying to do what the hospital instructs you to do on everything else, right? Well, pretty much. I mean, what's grilled in our in our brains and medicine over and over again is about keeping patients and the community safe. And when the emergency use authorized vaccines were uh, kind of released to the public in December, they were under emergency use. In fact, they still are. But, um, you know, the VAERS system, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, is, has been there since 1990, and it is a system enacted by the federal government to assure that vaccines are safe post-marketing. And it is a federal law. It, it, the 1986 uh, Vaccine Injury Act had provisions in it that healthcare workers are required to report certain adverse events to the VAERS system. Um, and that's all I was doing. So after the vaccines were rolled out and we started getting patients coming into the hospital reporting adverse events after their COVID vaccines, I reported these patients um, to the VAERS system as I am legally required to do. And in the ultimate end, about 10 uh, 10, uh, months later, I was walked out of my medical institution for doing this thing. It's insanity. Wait, how did they justify that? So the, the ultimate justification is, is because by, by acknowledging that these adverse uh, reactions are happening, it was creating vaccine hesitancy among well, the staff and the patients and the family members, and then they didn't want to go and get boosters. So it was affecting the company uh, profit margin, and I was told wow. I as somebody in leadership, I should, I should be towing the company line. That was part of my job, you know? And I said, but this is a, this is a legal requirement. There are certain adverse re, you know, side effects um, that, that can occur that are reportable events. This is not something that, you know, I'm making up. I mean, it, it, on the VAERS website, if you go under what is required reporting for healthcare workers, it is listed specifically what we are to report. An inpatient hospitalization following a COVID vaccine and or death and or COVID-19 infection requiring hospitalization and or death, these are reportable events. These are under the required reporting. And my hospital did an audit of my VAERS reports, and I gave them patients that met these exact required reporting um, requirements. And my hospital administration came back and said, you're over reporting. And from this day forward, you can no longer do any VAERS reports for the hospital. Even if you know about these patients, you can only do VAERS reports on patients you directly took care of. And I said, well, then who is going to do these other reports? And they basically told me it's none of my business. See, the problem with various reporting for healthcare workers is the, the reports take about 30 minutes because they, they require a lot of information about the patient, their medical condition, so on and so forth. And there is no time in your working day, especially during this whole COVID situation, to do these reports because we would get, you know, 10, 15 of them a day. So 
what was happening is every all the the providers in the hospital knew I was doing this, so they gave me patients to report because they knew I had become an expert in doing this. I was efficient. Let Deb handle it. But the problem is, is I was doing it on my own time, unpaid, on my shifts off. And it just got to be to the point that I said, I can't be the only provider doing this. So I asked my administration to create some sort of a position or some sort of a uh, something in the hospital that, that we could efficiently get these reports done, maybe a paid position, something like that. And my hospital just kept, oh, I'm looking into it, we're looking into it, and, and it never got done. Um, and I had multiple meetings and email exchanges, and nothing ever seemed to get done. And then, like I said, they audited me and then blocked me from reporting further patients. And I had told them um, by knowing that there are patients out there that need these reports done and that meet the required reporting and not doing it myself, I, I'm an accomplice to a crime, right? Mm -hmm. Because I know what's going on and I'm doing nothing about it. So I'm just as guilty. So I said, I can't do this. I can't commit fraud. I, I can't do this. So um, I ended up, uh, you know, getting, getting some help from an attorney and we wrote letters uh, to the CDC and the FDA and their state accrediting body, all sorts of stuff to try to let them know what's going on and to see if we could find a solution. And there was never heard anything back. Not it's a like word. No, Not a no, word. Nobody wanted to deal with this problem. And I, I just couldn't, I couldn't live with it because, you know, every day we were getting people coming in and these patients knew because they were fine prior and they would get their vaccine and then get hospitalized for some new issue and they wanted their reports done. And, you know, patients don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it is. It's very difficult to do a report as an individual. Um, the website is not very user-friendly. Um, there's a lot of information that's needed. Um, so, the, you know, the, the patients want the healthcare providers to do the reports. And I'm hearing more and more from patients telling me they ask their doctors or their PAs or whoever to do a VAERS report, and they're told no. And all wow. of these medical providers are committing crimes. They, they are required to do this. It's just awful. And, and, and um, yet we're told that the vaccines are safe and effective. Well, the VAERS system is one of the systems that is there to assure us that they are, in fact, safe and effective. All right. Because remember, <clears throat> in the clinical trials, there was only 22,000 participants right. in the phase three clinical trials that received the vaccine. That's not representative of the whole population. And when you release these vaccines that were, you know, they didn't have the regular 10 to 20 years of testing onto the population, you're bound to have adverse events occur. All right. Um, more, with, more with Deborah Conrad here in just a second. A very brave, unemployed physician's assistant. The Glenn Beck Program. I didn't think you'd find a realtor in my area, let alone one who lived just blocks away from me. This is a letter that I got in from um, Abby. Uh, she's, she tells a story about Randy, the real estate, real estate agent that my company, Real Estate Agents I Trust, paired her up with. He called me in less than an hour of my posting on realestateagentsitrust.com, she says. That was just the beginning. Randy had the names of tradespeople to take care of whatever needed to be done before the listing uh, and all along the way. The professional photographer he hired made my little house shine. He knew the neighborhood, 
helped me price the home at a level where I got a lot of action. She had two cash offers over asking price in a single day. Quote, Randy went above and beyond my wildest dreams. He's a true professional and someone I now call a friend. Abby, thank you for writing in. That's exactly the kind of uh, response that we like to hear after you've worked with one of the agents from realestateagentsitrust.com. realestateagentsitrust.com. Sell your home fast and for the most amount of money and get into the right home. All right, more with Deborah Conrad. She is um, she's spreading the word that you need to share. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. We're glad you're here. We've been uh, talking to, to um, Deborah Conrad. She's a physician's assistant. She was, believe it or not, fired for reporting at her hospital the things the government requires her to report in the VAERS system, which is a uh, adverse effect uh, system. If if you're in the hospital, somebody's coming in, they have an adverse effect to a vaccine. This way, we know the vaccines that had been approved have some problems. That's why you'll see a vaccine and then it will be pulled off the market because there's problems with it. This time, nobody was filing uh, the VAERS uh, reports. She was doing it, you know, for a lot of different uh, doctors. She's a physician assistant, and she was fired because of that. She is now on the road all the time trying to wake the medical community and the community community up to what's happening uh, in our hospitals with the vaccine. Deborah, welcome back. Thank you again for having me, Glenn. So I'm so wildly concerned about uh, our doctors and nurses because I I know history um, and nothing good comes from medicine when politics are involved and they teach people to be blind and silent. Um, Absolutely. How, how concerned about this are you how bad is this in our medical community i'm extremely concerned because i mean for two reasons number one you know medical providers such as myself when these again when any even before the covid vaccines i personally was not aware of the VAR system i'm an adult medicine provider so i don't uh, i didn't administer vaccines or, or really had much to do with vaccines prior to this and in our respective training, when we when we discuss, you know, drugs, we're always it's grilled in us about side effects and what to watch for and all kinds of things. But when it comes to, to talking about vaccines, it is grilled in us and we are taught vaccines are safe. They're effective. Just memorize, uh, you know, the, the, the vaccine schedule, understand the basic immunology surrounding it. And that's it. Side effects, the VAERS system, the history of vaccines, nothing is ever discussed. So we go into our training and into our professions believing that vaccines are, are, are perfect, right? So I think there's, there's some, you know, issue there because when I bring this up with fellow colleagues, they don't, many of them don't see it. Even when you're pointing in to the VAERS website, showing them that there are table of reportable events for every vaccine on the market, and this should have been done for years. 
um, and, and what the purpose of the VARA system is. So, uh, you know, you, you, I, now that the awareness is out there, and obviously part of it is because I've been speaking out so much, we still have doctors that aren't doing it. And the reason is, is number one, who's going to hold them accountable? And number two, they don't have the time. They're already stressed out. And, and, and it takes so much to do these reports uh, and do the right thing for your patient. People just don't have the time. I swear this system was set up purposely to fail, to just to just be this, you know, this facade like it actually does. I mean, it's hard to say because we did pull the rotavirus vaccine due to increased uh, reports of interception. Um, So, I mean, some vaccines have been pulled in the past due to adverse events that were seen uh, once we released them on the population and they weren't seen in the clinical trials. But it seems like no matter what we find uh, it, it, as a trend or, or some sort of increased risk, there's always some excuse for why the vaccines are still considered safe. And when I'm speaking in, in the COVID vaccine market, it's like, it's like there is absolutely, there's not one adverse event that, that will shut this down. It seems it doesn't matter. Even the myocarditis is being downplayed as no big deal. Now in 20 years of my career, and I have seen thousands of patients in the inpatient setting and the outpatient setting, I have had one myocarditis case in my entire 20 years of practice. Now it's so, it's so common. It's ridiculous. You know, they just downplay every adverse event. So Deborah, why is this happening? I mean, you would think that doctors, science minded people would, would, would question the people who are saying silence, ask no questions. And especially when they've been, it's been shown that it was faulty studies. I mean, nobody blames anybody at the very beginning. At least I don't. I mean, I think everybody's going to give everybody good intentions at the very beginning. But at some point, you know, um, some things were happening where you're like, okay, well, guys, wait, stop. You know, this isn't good. You know that the lockdowns aren't good. You know that the vaccine uh, is is not preventing the virus from anybody getting it. And they just kept changing and changing and changing. Now we hear about the latest uh, on the origins that it's Mm -hmm. it's not raccoon dogs or monkey bats. It looks like it's being it came from a uh, lab. And yet. The elites just don't seem to care at all. Why? I know. I, I, I just, I, I don't understand it. I mean, it, it drives me crazy. And even, you know, for the people who have, you know, said things about me, I am not out there saying that these vaccines caused all of these adverse events that I reported. That's not my job. My job is to be the reporter, very similar to child abuse cases. If I'm in a, if I'm in a pediatric clinic and I have a child coming in that a parent or a caregiver is suspected of being abused, I have a legally required duty to report that to the child protection agency. And then the CPS service does the investigation and determines whether it in fact occurred. That is the job of the VAERS system. I am there to report the data to them, and then somebody or some group in the VAR system and the CDC and the FDA are supposed to extrapolate that data and determine whether or not there is a direct uh, cause and effect. 
But if we're not putting the data in, and in fact, we're being censored and shut down and walked out from our jobs for doing that, how in the world can we go out there and say, yep, everybody, these vaccines are safe and effective? How? I want to I want to ask somebody at the CDC, how can they do that? Because all you hear is, oh, theirs is being overreported. Really? Well, then explain my situation. Explain why they never got back to me after they found out that my health system was blocking me from doing my federally required requirement. Mm. But they won't answer you. They won't talk to you. They just ignore you, shun you, censor you, you know, cancel you. They destroy your life. If you're speaking out against the narrative of safe and effective. And I've got colleagues of mine of 20 years who in lockstep go along with this nonsense. It it is unbelievable. I mean, I I think who I'm fighting for now are the kids because, you know, we're facing potential mandates of of school age children. And, you know, we, we got it. We got a real mess here because I'm seeing disasters in adults. I can't say that it's a a direct cause and effect because I don't know that's not my job, but I'm seeing some weird, weird stuff. And the agencies that are there to protect us from harmful products are not doing their job. They are captured. There is something really wrong with these agencies. Mm. And who, who is getting harmed? The healthcare workers. We're just trying to do our job. And unfortunately, because they made an example out of me, by walking me out in front of my peers of 20 years. It's not like it was done in private, trust me. They surrounded me on the floor in the middle of my shift on one of our busiest floors in the hospital, interrogated me, put me in a room, and then threw me out of the hospital. They made an example of me, so now no one in my health system will do bears reporting because they're afraid of having the same fate. This is a real problem. This is, I mean, it is a recurring problem almost on every front. This is how they are silencing people. And uh, God bless you for not staying silent. Um, Now, you are traveling the country. Um, Do you have employment yet? No, I I work per diem. I get about, you know, nine hours a week. It's very difficult. I live in a state where you cannot work without the vaccine. They don't accept religious exemptions and medical exemptions are pretty much not accepted either. You need to get out of that state. I know there's nothing I can do in New York State. And it's difficult because I I have my family here, my husband's family here. We built a life here. And I don't know. Um, Well, I know you are trying you're you're traveling all over and you are trying to uh, support people who are vaccine uh, injured uh, and 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 challenge your your colleagues in medicine to actually wake up to this uh, this problem. And uh, I I so appreciate it. I know that you have a give, send, go uh, um, account and you are looking for anybody who will um help you start a new chapter in healthcare in fact that's what you should search for at givesendgo.com help me start a new chapter in healthcare uh we must do everything we can to support the medical providers that have not gone off into this woke tribe this this completely blind tribe this if you know anything at all about history 
This is where they went about 90 years ago. They went down the follow the science. Nothing could be wrong. Partnership with uh, big pharmaceuticals and big government. And it didn't work out well. This is an American problem with eugenics. We have all the technology now and the arrogance and apparently the blindness to repeat all of the mistakes of the past. Canada is already going down this road. We need to wake our physicians and our nurses uh, and our physician assistants up. Deborah is trying to do that. She's on a mission. If you would like to help her, go to givesendgo.com. Search Help Me Start a New Chapter in Healthcare. Givesendgo.com. Deborah, thank you very much. Thank you, Glenn. You bet. Bye bye. All right. This week, Fortune Magazine quoted JP Morgan saying, quote, The U.S. recession is already past the point of no return. These failures may still lead to lasting damage for the U.S. financial system. A soft landing now looks unlikely, and the airplane is in a tailspin. It's still unclear how far the contagion from Silicon Valley Bank will spread. Oh, okay, well, that's good. Another cheerful thought from Jack Andy. This is known in the financial world as a Minsky moment. That's when the check comes due and the house of cards finally falls down. Check out the article and and research the whole uh, archive there for all of these stories telling you the truth that, that nobody else will tell. They'll say these things in their own little world. And, you know, I'm sorry, I I don't read Fortune magazine. Uh, You know, I'm sorry. You need to know about all of these things and you can find them in the uh, at goldline.com. All the stories on the economy to find it at goldline.com. Now, listen. They are also running a special this week. They're extending their self-directed IRA promotion. 6% of free metals that will be delivered right directly to your door with any kind of qualifying uh, order. 401k, Roth IRA, traditional IRA, TSP account, simple IRA. Um, you, you really need to diversify and gold and silver are the way to hedge against this insanity, 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE. Go there now, goldline.com. Glenn Beck. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Um, NPR has been ridiculed for claiming there is uh, limited scientific evidence that men have a physical advantage over women in sports. Are you kidding me? Thank you for ridiculing NPR. They've had to issue a correction. Well, there is some evidence. Really? Like every transgender dude that now says he's a woman is number one in all categories, beating all of the women. Suddenly they were like 457th as a man. They swim as a woman and they're number one. Wow. Wow. I guess 
women have no disadvantage over men whatsoever. It's just that he freed himself to be the woman and hear her roar. We all know this is crap. How many things do you hear every day? This is crap. It's crap. Crap. Just be really nice to people and just say, that's crap. That's crap. Sorry, not going to listen. Crap, 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 crap. Not going to listen anymore. Not going to do it. Not going to stand for it. Crap, 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 crap. Because uh, uh, unless we start standing up and going, yeah, crap, 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 crap. We're not we're not going to we're not going to be able to uh, withstand it much longer. I, I honestly I, I, I don't know. I, I find it impossible that others who love freedom, they love law and order, they basically generally love our way of life. They may think we overconsume or whatever. There's too much sex on TV and the internet, whatever it is. Not enough sex on, you know, the internet, which I think is impossible, but I don't care. Generally, do you think your life is pretty sweet? Generally speaking, then what the hell is wrong with you? What the hell? Just start here. It's spelled C-R-A-P. Just start saying that word. That's crap. That's crap. Nope. 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 You might have a point in some other universe, but in this one, that's crap. I know the truth. Stop tolerating lies. Stop tolerating lies. They have made you afraid and so many of our fellow Americans are cowering. Stand up. The Glenn Beck Program.